Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Thank you all for joining in on tonight. We are coming live to you from uh, Facebook Live, StreamYard Live. Uh, I'm waiting for my guests to pop up on the camera. So I'm just excited about tonight's service, and I'm just ready to get going. Um, I'm your host, and my niece, great niece, brother, Alexandra Harris, should be joining us. Her name is Alexandria. We call her Lexi or Alex, whichever one um, she answers to is the one we call her, to be honest. So um, I want to know, can everybody hear me loud and clear? Because we're doing blog talk as well as Facebook Live. So I just want you all to know tonight we're going to be talking about, again, it's, uh, it's a, the next part of us talking about the new law that is going to be impacted in Chicago. Hey, Alex, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. How are you? Uh, possibly Black. How are you? I'm fantastic. I dare not complain. I know that's right. So tonight we're going to be talking about um, the new law that a lot of people do not have correct information about. Um, some are calling it the purge law. Um, Alexandra, what did you hear uh, people call it? I know the one thing I think 
this law help is for those that are not um, able to afford the bonds. Like I know I had a family member. I won't mention his name because he didn't give me permission. He was locked up for several months, and he was being locked up because he was waiting for a court date for a traffic ticket, a traffic ticket. And he was locked up for over six months. So when we look at the situations while they're trying to say um, it's going to cause this to happen, cause that to happen, um, I'm going to let you all make comments of, of this, of how people take the law and try to change it for whatever they feel that they can use it for. So um, which one of you all want to start first? Oh, I was going to volunteer and say, like, we could go, but that's okay. I think um, when I think about um, more so the law, you just want me to say what I think about it as in general and what it stands for. I think of it the same way I thought about the three strikes. The three strikes law was meant to be put out there that if anyone had three strikes, they, you know, would be incarcerated and things of that sort. Well, it was perverted and it was used to single out those of low income and minorities of that sort. And this law can be done the same way. It can be something that's used to help people where they don't have to be in jail uh, for long periods of time. It can help them where if they can't afford it. It's all about the judge. It's empowering the judge, and we just have to hope that uh, the people go before fair judges, and we have to hope that they are able to get public defenders who really want to defend them. And um, it could really, really, really uh, help the balance if the judges do what they're supposed to do. Alex? Um, I think that this law can actually be really fair and beneficial to the black community. Uh, once I research it more, because when you just look at the surface of the law, or you look at the propaganda of it, which is the propaganda is what people are pushing on social media, and even I've pushed it by putting out one point of view of it. Um, but there are a lot of people of color that are in jail, that, you know, in this country, you're guilty of the proven innocent. There are a lot of people that, yeah, you're guilty of the proven innocent, but you sit in jail until you're proven innocent. Like, you don't get to go home to your kids and your wife and enjoy Fourth of July to be innocent or to be proven innocent. Um, I sent you all a video of a young lady who was an attorney in New York, and she was saying when she looked into it, uh, and Rockers Island, as well as the uh, the county in Chicago, which is one of the biggest jail systems in this country, um, you have people that sit in that system for their court date for 5, 10, 11 years, waiting for a court date. Like, that is a prison sentence. Imagine in the county in Chicago for 10 and 11 years being by this. Like, that is absolutely atrocious. So once I sort of broke down like that, 
Um, and I did read about that before. They were saying a lot of times uh, white people or people that are not of color, mostly white people, they are able to commit crime and they can afford the bond. They can afford the bail to get out and wait until their court date. But a lot of people of color cannot, and so that's where the disparity comes in at when you have a lot of uh, people of color locked up. Because a lot of us, we can't afford, I mean, if your bail is a million dollars, what they want you to pay, like 10% or whatever it is, you're like, you can't afford 10% of a million dollar bail, like, or even if it's 50000 That's still a lot of money. Like, sometimes people's parents will put their house up for sale. I've known parents for working in the system. And then, like, the the house gets taken, you know, because now you owe the house money, you got to pay it back. So it does put people in a disparity. I just think it's a great thing now that I look at it that way. But last week, one of the main things that I spoke towards was that we, as a community, we're not going to get out of the week. And I think that's what a lot of our community, um, I don't know if they do it consciously or subconsciously. I'm not sure. But they don't want us to hold each other accountable, meaning you got to hold your son accountable, your husband accountable, your brother accountable, your cousin accountable, your sister accountable, your niece accountable. You got to hold these people accountable that come into your house and sleep. Because like I said last week, a lot of these people committing crimes. You know, you got some car crackers that stay downtown and they afford their own rent. But a lot of these people are going home to people, paying their bills, and they people know what they're doing. They people know they out here no good. Some people probably know that that, that boy or, the, or that girl shot some kids on the expressway or out in front of the house on the block and killed them. Nobody's saying anything. So the law could work in our favor, but are we going to work in our favor? If we're not going to work in our favor, then the law is not going to work. And then what we're going to do, we're going to have the same old rhetoric. We're going to blame it on the white man. It's his fault. And don't take no accountability. When this law is really being put in place, if you look at it, to give us a chance to hey. Do right. You know, you can't afford this bill, even if you did rob somebody. We just, I'm, um, so New York actually started this in 2020, so, you know, Illinois follows. So I have something I printed up. I'm going to read it to you. Um, it says the Illinois GOP added that in New York, as a direct result of the new bail law, 20.1% of felony arrangements were rearrested in 2021 with 16.1% failing to appear at the arraignment. So even if you get arrested, so 20.1% got arrested, they were let go. They had, it's up to you to do the right thing and come back for your hearing, you know, for your arraignment. 16.1% of those people did come back. However, it does state that an increase in crime did not uh, follow after that. Didn't show up, but an increase in crime did not happen. So those people probably were let go, but they probably laid low. So I know a lot of people in Chicago are worried about the increase in crime. That didn't happen, but 16.1% in New York did not go back to their court date. They had a warrant out for their arrest. They didn't show up. 
Okay. So when I sit back as uh, a parent, you know, I also, when we spoke last week, I said, you know what your children are doing because you know what your children act like. You may not want to admit it. You may not even want to accept it. You, are, you may be okay with what they're doing until they do it to you. So if you know your children are the kind of kid, we're going to say kid first before we get to the adult. If you know you take your children over someone's house and they always finding stuff, <laughs> you know what I mean. Or every time your children leave someone's house, someone's calling you saying, this came up missing. Instead of you saying, well, stuff get coming up missing all the time. No, think about every time your child or you leave, something's always happening or something is always being complained about or missed about because you know if your kids have sticky fingers or grabby hands, you know, especially those ones that's always finding stuff. You know, that, that kind of um, tickles me when I hear people say, uh, my child found this or my child found that. I, I kind of start looking at why is your child always finding stuff? You know, especially if you know you can't afford uh, anything other than bath and body, then all of a sudden your child come in the house with a, a cologne bottle of good girl, now you know that child ain't found that good girl. I'm just using it as an example. See, see, that's the person with the heel on it. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. With, with the heel, it got the price on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they ain't found no good girl. You know, I, I they'll even steal an empty bottle or, or an empty box that says Tiffany or a little pouch that says Tiffany. You know, people know what their children are doing. And, but like you say, if we can't start making ourselves be accountable, you know, the government is going to make you be accountable. But then the ones that's waiting on the traffic ticket, or as um, Apostle Elect was saying earlier, some get locked up because they are behind on child support. What if they lost their job or got laid off? Well, you got to be pretty behind on child support. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes, sometimes people could get laid off and be laid off a while. Especially, okay, you know. Stop doing that time. Well, you got to be off. Somebody working the system. You got to be laid off over like a year and a half. Well, I'm, I'm talking about only because of this COVID, only because we've been through the COVID. Okay. You had the people, the people laid off. Okay. You know, I'm not talking about pre-COVID. I'm talking about doing the COVID. Okay. Well, we are, we are out of that now, though, so you need to be Yeah, we out, we out of it, but hopefully they can catch up. <laughs> but what if they've been locked up waiting on to come out of that? Locked up? So if you work in jail, they do take uh
That's no, I, I'm going to need them to stay out too. But you just, got, you just got some people um, just ain't going to, how you say, just not going to do right. Like, get high to the cops. That's what. And that's just what it is. But you, then you just, you go to the shards. I, we can't worry about saving no people that's just not going to do right. That's just my thing. Mm-hmm. If you not going to do right and that's just made up in your mind that you just going to do that, no, I, I agree with that, and I understand that. But yeah. I, I'm just saying for those on the other hand, you know, you have a left and a right. So those on the and other hand. People are in and out of jail for a lot of time. You like it. True. You like it. I, 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 I know. It's, I'm like. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm like. You going in and out, you like it to a certain point. I mean, at the max, at the max, I'm going to give you three times. And that's a lie. You in and out of that? Yeah, but my thing is, what is nah. it, what's in there? Who in there you trying to get back to? That's just me saying. It's a whole in the life in there. Oh, yeah. It's a whole in the life in there. Y'all will be surprised. People who are comfortable in jail. It is a lot of people that just locked up in jail that sit up, because I watch them. They lie and they sit up with each other and they play cards and they talk about how they really want to get out. No, they don't. I've seen people arrive back at jail, happy to be back. They go right back into the system, like, Miss Harris, you need me to help you with that? I can help you with that. I can put that over here. Miss Harris, you see them over there? You need me to clean the TV area? Is that, they like, and I'll ask someone else, do you like me? And they're like, well, I don't like it, but it is safe for me. Or I don't like it, but I ain't got to be on the street when my mom get evicted. Or I don't like it, but... I ain't got to hear nobody in my ear yelling at me about school and college. Like, some people are comfortable. And, like, I used to, I used to then think that. Like, before I started working in jail, I used to be like, we could re- rehabilitate everybody. There are actually some people, once you really get really functional in that system, if you don't really catch somebody before they really get wrapped up in that system, it's like the matrix. They will not want get out of it. And only people that have worked in a jail and maybe a police officer will understand what I'm saying. Uh-huh. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, it's just a, inside. That some people, they like being in there. It's the, they like the structure. They don't have to think. We tell you when to go to sleep. I, you have to ask me if you can move to another table to sit down. Sit down at another table because you want to. You got to ask me, can you play cards? You got to ask me, can you go change shoes? They, they like the structure because they can't do it right on their own. It's a scary situation. So I don't, this is why I'm just so up in arms about it because I used to think that, um, and this might be a fan, so I'm going to say everybody can't be free because everybody cannot handle freedom. It depends on, and I try to tell young men like, hey, because young men have told me and they're like, I need this. I need to be told what to do. I'm like, have you listened to the military? The military will tell you what to do and you'll get paid for it. <laughs> so I have definitely tried to turn them on to that. They're like, I ain't going to go out and be fighting and shooting nobody, but you fighting and shooting and killing people in your own community. So maybe we could use more military recruiters. Uh, see, I know you in the military. Uh, they can hear this and come out into the community because we do have a lot of boys that are interested in that. But a lot of uh, young black men, they they will tell you. I've had them say they need that structure. So 
you know, instead of going to the military, a lot of them seek out jail, and they are comfortable being there. They have no – so once you get a generation of men that are comfortable being in jail, um, and it's not a scary place. For us, it's a scary place to go. You tell us about that? But how do you handle the people that like being there? They used to being there. How do you handle the people where it's a safe haven? Kids can get, kids and adults, they can get their teeth fixed in jail. They get the top medical care in jail. They can get a little job in there. They get a little trade in there. You know, they got a whole little life going on. They got people that care about them in jail, whereas they might not have it on the outside. Um, jail is a whole other world. And so when you get people used to that because they're not getting it out in their community, mm-hmm. you got a big problem. Wow. Um, I just wanted to add to that um, I've been working in the um, jail system for quite a while. I did it while I was in the military, um, but I've been working in there as a nurse. And like um, Lexi was saying, we called it three hot, three cots in a uh, hot. So yeah. you got three hot meals and you got a cot to live on, uh, you know, lay on. And when they're in the prison, when they're in the military jail, it's harder work because you're – uh, painting and cleaning rocks and you're uh, out there uh, doing labor. Like, if, I don't want to say the base because some things I just can't say. But there are some bases you go on until the trustees and the different uh, inmates, they're the ones doing the janitorial work. They're doing the landscaping. They're doing all of the work on the base. So, they were making good money. A lot of them picked up trades where they learned how to wax floors and um, do a lot of things. And then when I was working in, like, the federal prison and the uh, city jails and stuff, it was the same thing. It was like, um, like she said, not only were they getting their mouth uh, and their teeth fixed, they were learning trades to be a barber. They were learning how to do so much. And tell, like she says, put their own little community in there. And it was where they had two names they called me. They called me preacher or they, or they called me uh, the bag lady. And the reason why they called me the bag lady is because I took care of a lot of wounds and things of that sort. But they get, they even get, like she said, little nicknames they'll call you or whether they call you uh, Miss Harris or whether they call you Miss Tiger. With me, they called me. Um, the bag lady, or they called me preacher, but one thing was for sure, they had their own community in there. And the uh, federal prison was easier than the state prison, only because uh, the federal prison, they kind of had nicer rooms if there's such a thing. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, like she said, it's three hots in a cot, and some people, once they become a hardened criminal, they just want to go. They just want to go back. They don't like the lack of structure, and they don't like missing a meal. There's many people that are missing meals when they get out. They're missing a bed to sleep when they get out. They're missing someone to care for them when they get out. However, if we can get them where they're not used to being in the jail, where they don't have to be in there two years or two months or whatever waiting for a traffic ticket, well, there's people getting killed during that time. There's people getting raped and beat during that time, and then they, some of them become a product of the system. So there's so much that can happen to them in a negative way that if we 
allow this law to do what it's supposed to do, then maybe some of those people that have gotten hurt and killed and incarcerated just because they uh, became a product of the system, maybe there'll be less people that are products of the system because, um, as you and Leslie both said, they won't be in there waiting to go uh, to trial. Because many people right now, the reason that they're calling it the purge is they're saying they're going to be let out. That's true. It is going to be a purge, and they are going to be let out. But some of them that are going to be let out are in there because they did a minor crime. They just are past the three strikes and you're out. You remember our neighbor, Calvin. He went in and out of the prison system so much until when he came to me and he begged me, he said, can you please get me in the Army? His record was so bad that it was like, no, the Army wouldn't even take him. The Marines, nobody would take him because he waited too long. He waited until he was classified as a hardened criminal, and maybe, just maybe, we can take accountability in our homes and make sure that our, our families are doing what they're supposed to do, and then we can um, hope that they don't have to be in the system too long and that the system gets a hold of them. True. Yeah, because a lot of times um, when you, you know how they say when you live in a community, you become a product of where you come from. And when you don't have a lot of people speaking life over you, to you, and showing you, like, okay, when we grew up, um, our parents encouraged us to play sports. And they always encouraged us to be the best that we can be. And we uh, got involved in sports, and that made uh, a man in our neighborhood that didn't talk to anyone, didn't even give people the time of day, he would drive us, he would pick us up and take us out of the neighborhood, and he introduced us to um, another form of life. And we, you know, we was growing up, but uh, we was poor, but we didn't even know we was poor. We didn't know because our parents made sure they showed us how as well as they worked hard to help us get what we wanted, but we didn't get everything we wanted. But we got most of the things we wanted. Besides, we definitely got what we needed. Uh, we had a man in our neighborhood named Mr. Stevens. Mr. Stevens uh, would have us in his car, and we were just so happy to have somebody take us out the neighborhood and introduce us to another life form that we could understand that people our age wanted to hear what we had to say. And the places he took us, for them to see someone their age thinking in another mindset, a lot of them, majority of them received us uh, over the ones that rejected us. Because like you say, you have some people that don't want to get out of the system, but you have some people that refuse to leave the mindset they have. You know, you have... Um, people that are content with having a government check that's going to tell them what you can have, what you can own, and put a value on it instead of telling you you can go out here and you can work, you know, 
and you can make money to have stuff. You know, and I just think of it like that. You have some people that say, um, I don't want to do nothing. We was growing up, we had a friend. I'm not going to mention her name because they may be looking, but if they are, they'll know who we're talking about. Her mother had a dog, and this dog ate steak every day. Her kids barely ate hot dogs every day. But this dog would not just get a steak, but it had to be cooked so many minutes on each side. And it was put on a plate and prepared as they, though they were serving it to a human. But the dog ate like that. But nobody else in the house did. So it just shows you the mindset of people. And you hear a lot of people, what, what, uh, how is that a big deal? You got kids out here hungry every day. But our mindset, uh, we, we give our kids a bag of oodles and noodles, and as long as we get our lashes, we give our kids a bag of a Lunchable, but we're going to have enough money to get that new lace front because of our mindset. You know, and I hope don't nobody get mad, but if they do, I tell you what you do. Evaluate your situation and see if you fit those shoes or if they're not leaving for the ones that do. So we're talking about the, the laws of Chicago that's coming in 2023, how they're going to affect our community. It basically bec- It's basically going to affect our community according to your mindset. What's important to you? Are you willing to be accountable? Or are you willing to say, I ain't got nothing to say until it happened to you? We just lost our sister July 18th because of the mindset of somebody. It was okay for him to be high, driving, running the light, don't care about uh, anybody else don't care about the family, her children, her siblings, her family, the, the mindset, and then would sit on court. Um, they had a Zoom court and sit on there laughing and talking and playing with his hair because his mindset and knowing everybody was looking at him. Huh? Did you say he was laughing and talking? And playing with his hair. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh huh. Because of his mindset. But when his family would look at it, they'll be like, But my baby, my baby didn't mean to. Okay, your no. baby. No, I'm sorry. Your baby. No. Your baby didn't mean to. I didn't mean for your baby to take my sister away from us. I didn't mean for your baby to be so careless that he didn't think about all the lives that he destroyed when he recklessly and needlessly, carelessly, wastefully did something like that. Take your time. But I, I, I get what you're saying because, um, and if I can't interrupt, take, mm-hmm. take some the time to see, um, because that was really hard uh, for my family. I can say, like, even though I haven't spent a lot of time with you all, like in recent years, I do have 
really great memories of hanging out with you all and on Thanksgiving and Christmas and her delicious ham she used to make. Um, that's just that's just very very hurtful for somebody to be snatched like that and then for me to what makes it more hurtful to me is that I try not to let it harden my heart and with this law I I wanted I wanted to be for my people because I'm black you know what I'm saying I want the best for my people I do. But I've been on the inside looking out, and Cecilia has too. And a lot of times, like, when those people in jail, they don't get in big groups in there and be like, we get out, this is how we're going to do better. Some people be getting in groups trying to find out how to do crimes a better way. I just feel like the, the jails are not going to cut it. Jails are not rehabilitation centers no. for criminals. And I'm just keeping it real. I am keeping it real. I don't know if somebody people since in jail, but uh see, I did tell you I don't try to fit nobody, but I'm gonna be real. If they don't get in there and get in groups and be like how they gonna be a better person. When I get out I'm gonna do this a lot of times they might say that during a program that we're having or something for a court they come up, but if you hear them talk amongst themselves, it's about how they continue to get out and get away with things. Oh, when I get out, I'm going to do this better. What the what these cities need to do, if they were really trying to help black people, and I can't even say, like, I'm not even one of the people that be thinking, like, we got to depend on another race to help us, because if we do that, we're doomed. That's not going to ever happen. Um, so we have to do it in our own way, relentlessly. We have to come up with our own programs to do it. We have the money to do it. We put these this money into these churches. It's to the point like we didn't see and I keep saying the churches because I know black people invest in churches. If you look I look at the studies, black people will put more into tithing than they do on their own savings account per year. You can Google it. So we bought preachers yet. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't even get alarmed until we find out that this preacher Fresno, whoever, or Mr. whatever, you know what I'm saying? We found out we got a jet with our money. Do you know what he didn't get before he bought a jet? Do y'all know how much a jet costs? You know how many community centers this man probably going to set up? You know what I'm saying? So black people have the money, but they say we the best for our community. Food that build these churches and stuff on our corner. Um, that's supposed to be about the community. That's supposed to be about the love of God and the love of black people. That is where we're putting our money, and that's why I keep putting it on them, that financial responsibility, because first comes the purge train, then it comes you being able to invest that money from the purge, from the purge into something that we need. We need to get the kids before they get into the system. I have told parents this that call me and be like, Alex, my son, he ain't coming home. He pulled a knife out on me. You wouldn't believe the stuff that parents have told me. Is it pop? I could drop them off in the juvenile detention center. Now, CC or CC, I, I think maybe in y'all day, I don't know, because I was born in '88. <laughs> so I don't know in y'all day, they might have been able to drive kids up to the juvenile detention center and drop them off there and be like, "Hey, my kid acting up. Can you keep them for a couple of days?" Y'all, you can't.
sad paperwork, blah, blah, blah. Once they see you not listening, that's when they start accumulating points. But they don't arrest two of them right away. So that's why I say all the time, people say the criminal justice system is unfair. In some cases, yes, it has been. Yes, yes, it has. But in a lot of ways, I would say more than being unfair, the criminal justice system is very fair. Do you know how many chances you get? I don't think people understand. Before you even start getting a rap sheet, you got chances that's not even documented. You got chances they don't even document. And then you get a rap sheet and you get chances on that. So, um, what do you say about somebody that got 17 and 20 charges on their rap sheet? You had that 20 charges. And that don't even count what you had before they start racking it up if you had something in juvenile, which more, most criminals start juvenile delinquent. If it really, and Renee, you always have spoke to this, like, ever since I've known you as a kid, you always spoke to the upbringing and how people used to be in the community. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, that's my only answer. I know we're supposed to get up here and, like, come up with these strategic plans on this lab or what we're going to do. I only got that one answer. I feel like, yeah, I'm not super religious. I've made that statement before, but I do believe that churches can help. They're there for a reason. They're a foundation. Even if you're religious or not, a church still has a foundation. It can it can provide for children. Kids want to feel safe where they are. It can provide food. They want to be able to eat. It can provide warmth. It can provide counseling, somebody to talk to. Um. And everything ain't got to be from a religious standpoint. Sometimes you just got to talk to somebody on the real, like Renee and Cecilia. Y'all able to do that. And I talk to y'all about personal stuff. Y'all ain't always coming with the Jesus talk. Sometimes you just, people need real talk. And so churches are able to do that, even if parents are not. And so that's, I feel like that's, that's all that we got right now. If you think about it, what other resource do we have? that black people are investing money in except the liquor store. Because that's mostly all that era. So what other resource that is black owned that we can look for other black people to invest money back into our community that we put money into? The church. I don't see nothing else. Well, you know what? Well, oh, go ahead, Cecilia. I was going to say, well, we can talk about some of the things that we've done. Um, we've uh, partnered with the various Panera, the Burger Kings, and different um, organizations, and we actually put our um, conferences and things that we put together only for those struggling communities, for the moms, the single moms, and the single dads. And it wasn't a church thing because the church didn't pay for it. What happened was I prayed and I thought, how could I give back to my community? Because I remember. Um, when I was 10 years old when I saw my first execution. I remember uh, the people getting shot next to me and in front. I remember all of that stuff, so I wanted to give back. So I said that if I would take the money that I earned and I would put it towards giving back to the community. It wasn't anybody giving me money. I would send for these people. They would come and they would teach people how to do resumes. They would teach people how to uh, dress for success. They would people how to uh, do nutritional things. They even taught people how to uh, 
secure burial slots. I mean, it was where it was people from church, but it was also people from the community showing people about insurance and showing them about education and the various things. But like you said, not everybody is doing it, but it was like I wasn't going to depend on the church to do it. I asked God, let me do it. So then all of the years that I've been doing it, it was based off of the money that I was making. So say if I was making um, $20, I was making sure at least 10 of those dollars went to the community and it went to uh, helping someone. I had this one a little girl that every time I got paid, I bought her something because I knew she was struggling, whether it was food. Uh, and there was this one outfit, I'll never forget it, that I bought her. And her mom said she wanted to wear it every day. And I was like, uh, don't please wash it. Don't let her wear it every day. But the little girl was just so impressed that someone was um, giving to her. I didn't know her. I just knew that she was struggling. And at that time, I knew that the wife's husband was beating her. So it's like different things that I knew. And so then not everybody, as you were saying, Lexi, will do that. But we can use our own income if that's what we want to do. So that's what I want to do because I can remember, Renee, um, what was the name of that uh, process when they would take the people to the jail, the young kids, scare straight. Mm-hmm. I remember when they had the scare straight program and Mr. Stevens had got us hooked up with the youth employment training program to get us off the street because, to be honest, Renee was beating up all of the dudes and the girls in the neighborhood and stuff. And so, it was where he saw the potential for us to be the stereotype of the community, and he was like, no, I'm going to help these two girls. For some reason, he picked us out, and he took us places, but that was because he decided to do it, and so it was something that was obviously planted in me to where then I wanted to do it. So we can do it. Like you said, all we have to do is make up in our mind, we're going to do it, and uh the churches should be doing doing it. The people should be doing it. I mean, I'm blessed. I'm a, I'm a single parent. I always has been a single parent. And my son, a, uh, he's a scientist. He's a scientist working for a major um, company. But it's because I made sure that he got around to do things, and I took him around in the various um, communities and, and with the military, but he... And I was supposed to be a product of the community. And I'm thankful that that's not what happened. But I also know that when I have money, when I have resources, I like nice things too. It's not going to be for no red bottoms all the time. Sometimes it's going to be for somebody to eat. Sometimes it's going to be we even used to do things to where we would have the children compete on who could do the math the best, who could read the best. And they won cash money. We gave them money, money to pay for their books, money to get clothes, and we made sure their parents knew it. So it's stuff that we can do, but we've got to do it. We can't just talk about it. we just got to do it. And um, like Lexi was saying, whether it's the church or whether it's one person in the community, if one person is saved, that's great, but if we get a whole bunch of one-person people get saved, we can really impact um, this community to where we don't have to have everybody to be a product of the community.
community person. Correct, correct. I remember um, growing up, I was in my teens, and I had noticed a lot of things about the youth in our neighborhood. They would say, um, y'all always going somewhere. Y'all always doing this. Y'all always doing that. And I remember I got about six or eight children together, and I decided I was going to rent a bus and take them to old Chicago. That's an old amusement park that's uh, in Bolingbrook. Within Bolingbrook, the uh, Golden Corral sits where old Chicago used to be. And um, I made sure I had all the kids put on blue jeans, a white T-shirt, and even though book bags wasn't the thing back then, but I made sure they had a book bag, or I got a book bag, and I had them to get a lunch because I knew that their moms uh, didn't have a lot of money, but it wasn't nothing I just put together right away. It was something we planned for a while. We washed cars. We did different things to raise money. So it started out with, uh, just say no more than eight children, uh, with one half a yellow bus. Before their summer was over, I had over 60 children that the parents trusted me with and the children knew how to act because it was like if I have to leave the amusement park, I will leave and take you back home and you will never come again. I made rules. I made ground rules. Uh, Pastor John Hanna had started the youth program. I missed that so much. And we would go down to Jones Commercial High School or we would go to Navy Pier. And we basically... Um, introduced the children to things that made them want to find out what's outside the neighborhood, made them want to see what other people live like. I remember growing up how uh, my mom used to take us to the suburbs and let us look at houses and say, tell me what kind of house, what kind of house you want to live in. Let us see a Christmas light. I remember growing up, uh, not growing up, as my son and my nephews was growing up, my niece, uh, LeBron, we call her Pinky, she would take her kids to the suburbs to go for Halloween and let them see how people would leave the candy on the porch and trust that the children would only take a couple of pieces and how they would leave their windows open and let them see. Now, this was like late 90s. Let them see 100-inch screen TVs. And they was like, what's that? That's a TV. You know, we made it where we intrigued the children's mind because when all a person sees is drugs and prostitution and thieving, they look at it where that's the only way I'm going to have something. You know, so... um, I hate that the church is being seen as a false place, a fake place. I hate that. But the the word of God speaks about false prophets. So he said, everybody, hallelujah, Lord, Lord, ain't going to heaven. Just like we have some people out here that uh, go to school and take the oath to be a doctor and a nurse and a lawyer, but really they're just doing it to get paid. We have people out here that go to school and get educated to be teachers, but they just do it to get paid. 
We have policemen out here that uh, swore that they was going to serve and protect, but they out here uh, getting paid or yeah. running the game themselves. So we, we, we can't put everything on the church. But if you have a church and you're involved in a church, whether it's a mega church or a neighborhood church, as a member of that church, the word said go to the elders. Go to your leaders first. Then you go to the elders. It's a way of saying, look, you're in this community. Why are we having this? What happened to the block party? What happened to getting with other people and shutting down something and give a presentation or present something to the people? I remember growing up, if they thought that your lights was off or your rent was missing, the people sold dinners or sold cakes. They did stuff to help the community. It goes back to your mindset. Yeah. Where's your mindset? A lot of us get to a point. It's, I, I'm going to use this as a good example. It happened recently. Everybody been wondering who hit that big money. Who hit? Who hit? But what they did was they waited. They did everything they supposed to do to find out what how they needed to go about it. Once they decide they got all the information they needed, they made it known that that money had been hit. And it was here in Illinois. And they said, I want to be in Carnito. I, want, I don't want nobody to know. Anonymous. Anonymous. Yeah, anonymous. I don't want nobody to know it was me. Because uh, not only people you haven't heard from or people you don't know, it's a mess that you can't even be a blessing to someone without uh, somebody else being jealous that you are a blessing. Me and my sister Cecilia... Grew up in the same house, same parents. I said her because Sheila was a little older than us. But me and Cecilia was it's like this. We were almost twins. We're not even really a good year apart. But when you saw one, you saw the other. People thought we were twins. So growing up was the fact that I knew my assignment. My assignment was to protect my little sister. And so she just said that I went around beating up people only because they was going around trying to jump on my little sister because all she wanted to do was read her book. We playing with toys and we playing with rope and we playing hide and go see them. She just wanted to read her book. They called her smarty pants and stuff like that. So they decided they were going to fight her. So I decided... If you touch my sister, you got a problem with me because I knew my assignment. I said that to say this. We as Americans, black people, whatever, we want to play that card 40 acres in a, what is it, 40 acres in a mule for the rest of our life. But at some point, I'm going to say, no, you're not going to tell me my ancestors died for 40 acres in a mule. My ancestors died for everything in this, on this continent. And if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to earn it. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to hand it down to my children's children because the word of God said a, a wise parent is inherited to their children's children. So, I, 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 yes, I will take it back to the word because in, even in the word, it teaches us about our mindset. It, it tells us, when the people came together and they made a sound, the wall of Jericho fell down. 
when the people came together and they made a sound, they was able to move from one place to the next place. So until we get together in this day and time and in, in this America, until we change our mindset and, as you said earlier, become accountable. No, no, no. See, I know my son. Uh-huh. And if he come in here and do something and somebody say, you know, son, I won't do I never have and I never will say, no, I'm not going to do that. First thing I said when somebody said, why, why you going to whoop him? Why? I'll be whooping myself. My son has a, a, a personality. He has an attitude. He's a jokester. His mama got an attitude and a personality. She's a jokester. Why would I correct him of something he did? Instead of correcting him, I had to teach him it's a certain way you go about doing things. The way we joke with each other, laugh and talk in the house, you can't joke with other people, laugh and talk with them about that because they may not understand what you said or the way you said it. That's why I tell people all the time, I know people can't take my personality, so I've learned to say, don't say nothing. Because my mindset had to change. Because I once had the attitude, what comes up comes out. <laughs> and I mean that in a bad way. But I had to come to the place of changing my mindset to say, okay, I have to be accountable for my actions. And until we as people become accountable and make our children become accountable, I like that old joke Bernie Mac told. I'll be in court and say, I'll tell it. I'll tell it, Joanna. Uh-uh. I'll tell it. See, until Can we I get to that place. something about, uh, you had said earlier about how people uh, go to school and they do the different things to become doctors and lawyers. When I was stationed in Denver, these two guys told me, thank God I'm going to have to say their names, that they were, they had a profession too. One of them said his profession was carjacking. The other one said that his uh, uh, profession was uh, robbing people. They all told me what their professions were, and I said, well, why don't you work for it? They said, why? You all work for it. I can just take it from you. So I want you to know that some criminals have that mindset that that's their profession. Yeah. And, and, and that's what a lot of them believe, that uh, it's okay. I take what I want. I don't have to work for it. And, and the sad part about it is that um, we don't teach our children anymore from childhood. You work hard for what you want. You know, we see people on there. Facebook and other places, or we hear them say, I work hard, so I play harder. You got people that work hard, too. They work hard and watching what you're doing, watching what you're getting, so they can come and take it, too. It, we, it, it goes back to our mindset. Our mindset. You know, uh, the, word, the word of God, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord. He said, feed my sheep. He asked him again, do you love me? Yes, Lord. He's my sheep. He asked him again, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. He says, feed my sheep. So how could I tell you I love you, but as soon as you're in need, I ain't got nothing for you, but as uh, the average person would say, uh, 
I'll pray for you. And they're not P-R-A-Y-I-N-G, praying for you. they P-R-E-Y-I-N-G or P-L-A-Y-I-N-G. And we're so quick to be the victim instead of the victory, to have a victory in it. We're, we just want to be where everybody know my problem. No, even if they do or they don't. You have to change your mindset that if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. But for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And anybody in my house that do not want to acknowledge Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I got two doors, and they both swing two ways. If you're on the inside, they swing out. If you're coming in here, they swing in. Because for me and my house, in here, we're going to serve the Lord. And you have to be consistent with what you're doing, your mindset. So the way the laws is going to um, affect us, accommodate us, is by our mindset. If you want to sit here and be called the purge, the Midwest, the wild, wild west, okay. Even the OK Corral had to change its ways. There's nothing new under the sun. Everything that once happened, it tried to happen again. But if we are not careful, when the word said God will hand you over to a reprobated mind, you better be know you better know a whole lot of stuff come with that word reprobated. It's, it's, that, that word has a lot that you can attach to it because I, I look at the news every day. They want to tell, show us about all this killing and shooting and everything. But for every time you show us a person got shot, why haven't you showed us a black kid or a, 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 a black woman that have graduated from college? Not with one, but two degrees. Alex, you from the west side of Chicago. How many degrees you got, Lexi? Tell us. Tell us. See what I'm talking about? And for those that don't know, she's from the Austin area, baby. But she grew up in the the North uh what's it North Garfield Lindale area. Garfield. Uh-huh. That's North Lindale. That's where she's from. Tell me nothing good don't come off the west side. Apostle Doctor Elect Dr. Cecilia Kaiser is from the west side. Where we from it was called Terror Town. Don't tell me nothing good don't come off the west side. You know why? It was because of your mindset. I watched you growing up. Not, this is my great niece. I don't care how she mingled in the street or hung out with her friends. She say, when I graduate from high school, I'm going to college. They said, me too, girl. Mm-hmm. Me too, girl. Everybody thought they'd have. They stayed on the block. She went to college. A couple of times she came back. You change. You different because of your mindset. You decided then, I ain't got the uh-huh. word. I had kind of like struggled with that coming back home. I don't know if we got a job watching, but I really struggled with that coming back home because but I had to, it took me a minute to back into myself and realize what was going on. I know y'all used to call me bougie and all the other stuff. But what type of money would my mother have wasted for me to come back and be the same person? Yeah, I am bougie. The definition of bougie is coming from one place, 
and realizing that you could have a better standing of living and life is that. Yeah. So I am very, very bougie. Um, I'm just very proud of myself. I remember when I had a lot of hard times for family coming back home. Yeah. A lot of family told me I wouldn't get certain jobs. A lot of family told me I wasn't hood enough. You know, and it's crazy, like, What's crazy about it is, like, growing up, you be thinking, like, your enemies a lot of time or people that you got to watch out for when you go and get out of that realm, like the realm we talking about so that people don't have to end up going to the county jail and stuff. And this is why what you're thinking about, the re- it's repercussions to what you're speaking about, and that's why a lot of people in our community do not want to do it. And when I say to do it, Get an education, leave home, be the person that come back, and you don't fit in. Yeah. Because your community makes you feel like that. Like, yeah. my entire family made me feel like that. My, even my mom at one point, I don't know nobody in my family that did make me feel I like that. I didn't make you feel like that. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Huh? Yes, how did I make you feel like that? And you do that on the last. No, we, we are, because you know what? A lot of times, what family needs to understand is that they're reacting. Somebody 
in a hood. Um, and a lot of times, some family that's going to go with, they pick your family, they love you, but some people are going to live their own life. They got mm-hmm. their own souls or whatever. You got to live your life for you. You are a spirit put here to have a human experience, and you got to live up to that on your own. That's what I believe. And so it took me a minute um, to get there because being a black person, you talk about community. Like, people don't think that we talk that, but we are. And so since a lot of us are talk community, that's what we do. We stick with the community. And we stick with a lot of stuff, and we be loyal to a lot of stuff that don't serve us. We don't get to a lot of people we need to be telling on. We don't get a lot of people together that we need to get together. Uh, we don't hold people accountable that should be held accountable because you holding people together for the wrong reason because don't nobody want to go out on their own. And, like, so I ain't going to lie. It's a little scary, but at the end of the day, yeah. I ain't gonna lie, it's worth it, and I'm I'm glad that I did that. But I know why black people don't do that. I know why they don't. Yeah, me too. And my thing is this: if I ever made you feel any kind of way, I'm big enough to say I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. But I did the same thing that I did for my son. You would not remain here. And if I have to say something that made him say, I don't want to be around you just to get you out the neighborhood. I did what I had to do because my thing is a lot of times we don't realize that we have to change our mindset. We have to change our children's mindset because I'm just going to speak for my son. I saw what he was going through. I saw where we lived at, and I had to make sure I got him away from that because of the mindset of people around him. A lot of times I, I, I watch girls dumb themselves down just to be with somebody. I saw boys dumb themselves down just to have a certain person, just to find out years later they wish they had never done it. That's one thing about in our neighborhood uh, that we grow up in, you don't have a lot of people encouraging you to go to college let alone encouraging you to graduate high school. You really don't. I, I came back from college like uh, this girl in my community was like, oh, so what you doing back? I said, oh, I'm kind of naive a little bit at the point, a little bit. I was like, oh, I graduated because I'm thinking everybody going to be happy to graduate. And like, it was so weird when I was getting ready to go off to school, everybody was like, oh, that's very good. But when I came back with that degree, total different response. And I'm going to say this too. What's so, and I know I'm not I'm not making this up. I'm not crazy or nothing. Cousin did an eight-year bid in prison. Came home, had a party. They had a party for him. They bought him clothes. They took him shopping. All type of stuff. I went away to college for four years. And I had to come back home and defend myself. I had to defend myself. A cousin that did a prison, that's how messed up our community is. So I, I understand why you, I, under, I get it. I get it. We say this, but that's not what we do. You're going to celebrate the son that did the 10-year prison being way more than you're going to do the son that hit the, well, that's what I ain't celebrate what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Pookie that they gunned down somebody in the store did 10 years, he get a whole party, new clothes. People be giving them clothes for two, three months. They get free stuff from the corner, so I don't get nothing. I've seen, I've 
going away party. Us is something else. We are mad set in our mm-hmm. community. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Man, I lived it. I lived it. We so mess up. People do it on you know if they know if they do it. We that messed up though, for real. Well, so, I'm with you. I, I don't know if they do it or I don't know if they feel like they doing something wrong because. Like, like I say, um, to get somebody in our community to even apologize or to say I was wrong or just to say you hurt my feelings, to get somebody to even tell somebody they hurt your feelings, oh, they look like that's weak. One thing we don't have is the right mindset, and we have poor, poor, very poor communication skills. Minister Sylvia, do you remember what one of our family members had said to me? And I and I was and I cried a little. She told me when I came back uh, with my first degree in uh, military. Remember, she told me you ain't no Vanna White. Yeah. I didn't even know where that came from. I was like, what does Vanna White have to do with? And you know, when you come back, that's why a lot of black people don't. That's why when I, I get it, though, now that I've gotten older, like how you just said the matter white thing, when my cousin was like, so you think you feel good? And I didn't know how to answer that. I'm like, well, I do think I'm, like me, if you ask me, I feel like I still got a little ghetto accent. It's like a country ghetto. I never tried to say it. Do I think I'm walking around trying to be hood? No, I don't want to do that. But I'm like, why would you want me to be like that? Like, what is, what is that? Yeah. It's crazy to me. Like, somebody to like, ask you that. Now, unless you had came home five years from a robbery, <laughs> they wouldn't ask you. You were at old party, clothes and everything. Yeah. Is that it? And you can't have a We don't do things that we need to do. 
We don't educate the way we need to educate. We don't uh, talk to one another. Like I said, uh, in the neighborhood we grew up in, it was horrible. The stuff we saw every day. We would see the police shoot a person down. And then when the av- people called for the ambulance and the ambulance pulled up, the police would say, stand back. We, we watched this growing up where people were murdered in front of us by the police. And there was nothing we could do about it because the law stood in the way because our mindset is messed up. So we are, we are over our time limit. I really, really, really enjoyed this. I hope we could uh, do this again because, like I say, every, you know, a lot of times we can't get to people because, um, as you said, everybody's not trying to hear churchy, churchy things. But no matter what you talk about, you could always bring it back to what the Word of God says. So we know that it's, it's some people is not going to agree with us, and we you know that some people. How you did tonight? Everything don't got to be a church sermon, and it wasn't tonight. Some people mm-hmm. just and if you want to tie verses into it, you got to be able to communicate both platforms. Yeah. But I think your platform definitely does that, so I love it. Well, thank you so much, and I love having you on. And um, as I say to you, as I say to my sister Cecilia all the time, I'm very proud of you all. Very, very proud. I don't think that um, anybody that wants to get a higher education wants to better themselves. You know, don't, don't get me wrong, college isn't for everyone, but for those that can and have done it, I am very, very proud of you all. I'm very proud of my son. I'm very proud of Cecilia's son. I'm very proud of different family members we have. But like you said, Alex, we have so many family members that have not appreciated us, applaud us, or they have they can choose who they want to celebrate. But anytime you have anybody that leaves a, a environment the way the three of us on here grew up in, you should celebrate them every time you see them. If you don't say nothing but I thank you for letting somebody see there is a way other than this. So, again, I appreciate you all being with us on tonight with Smile3D, Blog Talk, Iron Shopping Iron, um, Facebook Live, as well as StreamYard, which my niece had to walk me through it like walking a baby through a grammar school, preschool. I, I couldn't even say kindergarten. I have to say preschool. It was <laughs> and every time I did something, she cheered me on like you do a little kid when they show you, when you say, show me blue, and they show you blue. She's like, yay! I'm you know, good. So. I'm excited for you. <laughs> and all I could say was thank you. I don't even know what I did. But I was just following instructions. And that's one thing we have to do as people that's being in, put in a position to have to deal with a new law that somebody is telling us that doesn't benefit us, but it benefits us, but it don't benefit them because, see, they have the right of way to pay their way out. But now we're getting, uh, I guess you could call it a hand up or a hand out or a better way of keep from being locked up six months to 11 years for a traffic ticket or whatever it may be, that they're saying uh, go against 
uh, Governor Krishner or whoever else because they're saying it's another way. But why is it every time it's something? That's crazy. But why is it every time somebody our color or somebody that's fighting for someone our color, black and brown, they got to always be the wrong idea? A lot of times you have to listen to what people say because when people say we want to make America great again, uh, black and brown America, put on Facebook, when was America ever great for you? Please give me the date and time because, uh, like I said, we're still waiting for uh, uh, 40 acres and a mule. I can only speak for my culture. I don't know what your culture was promised, but we were promised 40 acres and a mule. And uh, if we haven't got that, we're still fighting for civil rights. We're still fighting for the right to vote. We're still fighting for things that other nationalities don't uh, have to take for granted because it's given to them. You better open your eyes. You better read. You better stop listening to what somebody else is telling you and start reading for yourself. They once said, if you didn't want us to know something, put it in the book. But see, they failed to realize they've got the generations coming up now, the class X's and the class Z and the class Y, they said, and the Z said, uh-uh. I'm going to look at that and I'm going to look for real to see what it's saying. Class Y said, why not? Class X said, no more crossing us out. We have to come to the time and place in our lives. We stop letting people tell us what we need to know and find out for ourselves. So I was, is there anybody on blog talk at this time would like to have um, anything to say? If you're still on the air concerning the program on tonight, okay. So I pause for blog talk. So I don't hear anyone saying anything at this time. But um, I'm going to ask uh, possibly Lex for her closing remarks, as well as uh, Alex for her closing remarks, and then I'm gonna give you all our closing remarks for the program. Apostle Elect, do you have anything to say? I just want to remind everyone to remember some of the examples that were shared. And some of the examples we did not share is that sometimes when people go away and they come back successful, um, their life is taken. But there's also some people that go away and come back and they give back to the community and they become pillars of that community, like Dr. Martin Luther King and even Malcolm X did great things. So don't think that you can't do something to help uh, those young men that are going to the juvenile detention centers or, or the grown men and the women that are going to prison. Uh, the song said, reach out and touch somebody. So reach out and touch them in a way that will cause them to want to do better. And even if they don't, just know that you at least reach them. Amen. Don't remember, train up a child in the way they should go, and they won't depart from Amen. Alexandra? Um, I just want to say, um, even though I'm not a Christian person, um, you just still got to remember to give. Um, so something that I do um, coming from an HBCU, I was taught to whatever that I was taught there to come back and speak to my community. Um, 
it, it can be little things. Like, we can think that we're not able to give. Yes, you are. Like, what I do, like, if I order, I order clothes online all the time. If I get something I can't fit, I have, like, a laundry bag of things that I can't fit or clothes that I know I don't want anymore. I wash them, and I accumulate them in that bag. I call it my spring cleaning. And I will drop it off at either a church or sometimes I'll do a um, I'll do a clothing drive. I work with a lot of at-risk youth, so I have a clothing drive for them. I'll contact the parents. Something else that I do um, around the holidays are coming up. Once it gets to, like, those two or three days that you, know you don't want those leftovers anymore, I buy styrofoam plates from the store. You know how you can pack that. And I uh, warm all that food up. I pack it in a styrofoam plate. I put tape on it. I put it in my passenger seat. And you know how you might have people coming up to your uh, car side for coins or whatever? I hand them a hot meal out because it's better to do that than throwing that turkey, that dressing, those greens and stuff in the yeah. garbage. You know, you don't want no more. It's still good. So it's still way from to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I'm not a Christian person. It's still way and give your 10% and just to give and instead of being a wasteful um, a wasteful person because no matter what you believe in, no matter what your religion is, we all make the world go around and so you need to be a, a part of that will, making it turn, making it stay green. A lot of things that you have that you forsake, that you throw in the garbage, you just think a lot of that stuff is not garbage. You get an old saying, what one man's trash is another one's treasure. That don't just go for women, that a man that won't. That goes for a lot of stuff in your house. Like like I'm saying, food, whatever. I might have some sandwich meat. I know I don't want to want to touch the sandwiches, but I just got this meat left over. I have this lock I stay with this lock bags. I am God knows that I'm super with this. I stay with this lock bags. I will make a turkey and cheese sandwich, put some duke mayo on it and hand it out the window in a minute before that I I don't, I don't want the meat for you. Somebody else can eat that so you do have something to give. Uh, if you get food stamps, buy a meal off your food stamps. That's part of tithing and giving back. You get unemployment, buy a meal off of that. Buy a lady some sanitary napkins or something. Like, I'm being serious. So mm-hmm. it's always something that you can share because everybody got to give to make the world go around. We all we can't do this by ourselves. That's true. That's true. So, again, thank you all for tonight. Uh, join the panel with me uh, plus to try to get information out. I just hope everybody heard something that can help them. Just remember, we have to change our mindset. We have to learn how to communicate. We have to learn how to think. We have to learn how to um, celebrate one another. You know, um, when we learn how to celebrate one another, we learn how to be accountable and make our children accountable and stop worrying about what somebody going to think because I told. If you don't want me to tell it, then don't do it around me because I told you I love the part of Bernie Mac. I'll tell it. (laughs) You know, so don't get us wrong. Everybody has a past. I'll tell you. Everybody has a past. I'm going to say it again. Everybody has a past. Some don't want to face it. Some don't want to remember it. Some don't want to talk about it. 
some don't want to tell it. But if you don't let somebody know you was once grinding, mm, you was once low down, you was once in that predicament, if you don't let somebody else know that you can come out looking like gold, you know, if you think about it, when your face gets dirty, once you wash it, there's a whole new look. A whole new look. We have to get it to the place we're saying, I want a whole new look. I'm begging my community to let's decide that 2023 is going to be the year we want a whole new look. So no matter how they say they're changing the law, we have to change our law. Come on now. We have to. That's the word. I didn't say I love you, but yet you won't look out for me. You won't look out for my children. You won't look out for my spouse. You won't look out for my sister. You won't look out for my brother. You won't look out for my family. You won't look out for my neighbor. Don't nobody know nothing. That's it. Don't nobody know nothing. Come on now. When it happened to you, you want to cry. The uh, the bank up and has broken and the water is over flooding the city. Don't wait till your storm hits to want to tell. Twenty twenty three is not far away. Y'all think about it. I just told you we just lost our sister in July and it's already September. Oh my God! Damn, I don't wait on nobody. It doesn't. We was just in a pandemic. They say there's another phase coming through, but America says it's over with. Y'all better learn something. Y'all better see something. Stop listening with your your eyes and take the mute off and start listening with your heart. Oh. And start putting the word. If you, if you, like I would say, everybody's not a Christian, but guess what? Everybody got to live in this world together. So. You're not- Kind change 
my conversation. Um, Not just with myself, but the way I talk to other people. I had to say, God, change the way uh, I talk. Besides that, I, I had to listen to uh, what Apostle, like what Cecilia was saying to me most of the time. Renee, you could have said that a little better than that. Or Renee, you could have, you should uh, apologize, or you should this, you should that. Don't get so to the point that you always can't say you're sorry. Um, I, I said earlier, I had I had it so bad that whatever came up came out, and I didn't care who you were. But at at the end of the day, once God started dealing with my heart. I had to start saying, you know what, I'm sorry for that. We had a family reunion this year. Um, Alex, I'm going to share this with you. We had a cousin that was at the family reunion. And you know, huh? right. What did you say? <laughs> you know we lied, right? You're not just saying this. No, me. no, I know, I know he probably didn't see it. Because <laughs> uh, everybody knows. He okay. said to me when he heard my voice, he said, you the one. I said, I'm the one. He said he was eight years old. And how old is he not say 50 what? He in his 50s. Well, for 50-some years, he'd been holding this in his spirit. He said, I said something to hurt his feelings. And he held it in his spirit all these years. And I had to, I wept because of something I said to him over 50-some years He's still been carrying it in his spirit. And I apologize to him in front of the whole entire family reunion that I was sorry for what I said because I was standing in a joking matter to have fun, make make everybody laugh. And But it pierced his heart. It devastated him that even after these many years, he said, he didn't say, oh, hey, how you doing? He said, you the one. When I say, hey, how you doing? I'm reading it. He said, you the one. Just that simple. Wow. We have to get to the point that we have to understand our reaction, cause of reaction, and when somebody brings it to your sight or your knowledge, how are you going to react on it? So the new laws is going to accommodate us and our natural as well as our physical and um our communities, it's going to affect us no matter how we look at it because if we don't change our mindset, if we don't change our mindset, this law is not going to benefit us in a good way that it seems to be put out here for is to give us a way out or the ones with the, as they say, the low criminal crime, not the high criminal because if I'm waiting on a traffic ticket and I'm locked up over here with these mass murderers, hello. They got second-degree murder and kidnapping and rape on there, though. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So I'm not understanding why, mm-hmm. not what you said, you see, but how, even though they're raping like that, it, the thug, rape, and kid, sexual assault, kidnapping, murder, yeah. uh, uh, trespassing, like, what? Yeah, moving in your pocket. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I understand that. That's why I say some of it 
it's the benefit of. Well, I'm saying, but yeah. let's say somebody bite your drink or something and kill you. Yeah. Like, what? Like, Traffic violations, all kind of stuff. You know? But I think um, a lot of it, unfortunately, is when our color, our nas- nationality, black and brown, is um, locked up for those reasons or any other nationality is locked up, they get out quicker than we can. Yeah. You know, so they are, unfortunately, it looks like the seal is making, is being what they call an even seal. Um, yeah. And that's going to be the part that we have to really pray about and look into. But we have to come together as a people. So we're going to oh. end this. Go ahead. Oh, we go. I know we keep going to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the third time closing. Oh, yeah, third time closing. I want to say this to black people. It is a small, compared to all the black people, and Illinois, and then, because New York has this law, they've been had this law enacted like in 2019, 2020. It is a small group of knuckleheads that is messing up, that, make, that they put on the news, that make us all look bad. Because I don't know a whole bunch of criminals. Like, my family is not full of criminals. I got some criminals in there, people that have done time. But the majority of my family has not been to prison. They're not criminals. They'll pay their traffic tickets. They'll get them a pay to play. You know, it's, it's not, they're not running people over. They're not shooting. So it's, just, it's, a, it's certain communities, and that's what they put on TV. And so we think that it's everybody. Even if you stay in the hood in that community, that's your everybody for you, though. Like, for you, that's everybody. <laughs> you know, that little vicinity of that neighborhood. But it's, so we got to understand that we're not the majority in the United States. You know, it is more white people here than it is us. And for the majority that is here, we not all, I don't think we all just commit a whole bunch of crimes like this. No, I don't. I really don't think that. You got black people that's locked up for marijuana. Just some folks out. Marijuana legal now. You know, that ain't even the worst drug to be giving nobody. You know, everybody participates in that at, at one point. To be honest, the only time I've had to really say no to hardcore drugs is when I live in upstate New York in an all-white community called Rhinebeck. The community was so white, my mother had to send me uh, skin and hair products lotions and stuff for my hair because they didn't sell it at the wa- at the local Walgreens. Wow. That's how the neighborhood was. And I had to say no to every drug you could think of. They even tried to give me to outside of the heroin that they tried to offer me and stuff. And Molly, they offered me something. Is it fentanyl? Something that cancer paid mm-hmm. It's like a, it was a, a patch that they put on their skin to take away the pain, but they was chewing it. They offered me that. I'm like, um, no. What? Like, what? No. So, <laughs> like, where did you get that from? <laughs> so, I don't think we're as bad as we think, but that shouldn't be an excuse for us to do better. That's all. Yeah. That's so true. So, we are, again, this is our fourth and final closing. <laughs> we want to say good night. Thank you all for joining us on tonight. Uh, Yes, we talked about subject. We, we got off subject. We came back subject. But it still all came into what we were talking about. Uh, we want want you to know that you can come back Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 
to hear our very own Apostle-elect Dr. Cecilia Kaiser, along with Minister Margo McCour and with um, Minister Brandon Kaiser. We'll be back on Monday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. With uh, This is the fourth Monday with myself, Minister Sylvia Kaiser, and Minister Ron Montgomery, and Missionary Tony Montgomery. We will be talking about family. And uh, next Friday, um, instead of my, my taking on the service on next Friday, uh, Prophet Antoine Thomas will be on the air at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I just want to again say thank you all. Thank you all for going into the overflow with us. It's very seldom, uh, I don't even recall a time that we have went over this far. But uh, Dr., what, what did you want to say, Pastor? Uh, if they want to hear more, although we're ending, if they want to hear more and they want us to talk about it more, can they please just let us know because we don't want to cut them off just because we think we're finished. Maybe they have something more they want to hear. That's right. So just hit us up on, our, on our, my Facebook page or inbox me, and I will see if I can get uh, Alex to come back and join us. Uh, I really enjoy talking with her uh, because it's, it's good when you talk to somebody. They're not t- telling you what they heard. They're telling you what they lived. They have experience. They have examples. And it's just good for us to know. And, and, and it's the only Silly question is the one that isn't asked because you would never get the answer from someone that has the knowledge, okay? Um, our foundational scripture is Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So we just want to say again, thank you all. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. I will be Good night. Good night.